Welcome to the Buran and Associates podcast, Insurance Banter. In each one of our episodes, you'll experience insightful discussion about a topic you can turn around and immediately implement in your business to make you a more effective insurance professional. Uh, we're going to jump into the discussion this morning with Adam Klug from Specialized Recruiting Group. And good morning, Chris and Adam. Welcome. Morning. Good morning. Well, Adam, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and about uh, Specialized Recruiting Group? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. Um, so I've been in recruiting for the past uh, seven years. Um, and a lot of my recruiting efforts that I've done so far throughout my short career has actually been inside the insurance industry. Um, so I've worked with insurance agencies, carriers, uh, MGUs, MGAs, TPAs, um, and kind of all the above. Um, but yeah, how I got over to the specialized recruiting group, um, kind of funny story. I won't take too much time, but um, actually kind of goes back to meeting my wife. And so I met my wife um, in my first recruiting internship that I ever had. Um, we started dating at that time and now it comes full circle back to it. I uh, actually got recruited into the specialized recruiting group uh, by my in-laws. Um, and now I work with my in-laws and my wife. So that is an interesting mix <laughs> on, on that part. Um, but no, um, specialized recruiting group. Um, I was really brought in here to build up the professional recruiting arm of our business. Um, it's something that we just haven't tapped into. Um, but the specialized recruiting group, um, we've been here, uh, founded um, since 2008. Our office has uh, but we're also attached to express employment professionals. And so express employment professionals, um, there's about 800 offices all across the U.S., um, all franchise-based. Um, and then specialized recruiting group, we're just the professional recruiting arm for express employment. Um, and so right now, um, focus on, you know, still a lot within insurance, but I do positions, recruit on positions outside the industry um, and all over the country as well. Great. So you have really good insight into the workforce, and there's a lot of economic information out there right now and, and concern. <laughs> um, supposedly, the, the job front is in good shape from the standpoint of there are plenty of jobs out there and maybe not enough people to fill them. So it depends on which side of, of it you're on. And in this case, we're looking at uh, agencies that are really looking for people. There's employee shortages. What does it take in, in this type of environment to, to attract people? Yeah, I think um, and for a lot of other reasons, I mean, but the, the talent shortage definitely put a focal point on, you know, having insurance agencies, you know, what is their differentiating factor, right? What's going to make you different from the next agency down the road? or, you know, your competitor in another county or another state. Um, and so, you know, one thing to look into, right, where a lot of people go into the industry, you know, is keeping it simple, you know, either customer service, you know, they might be a CSR and account manager. And sometimes, you know, back in the day, I would say before I was born, they would put people into that role and people stay there for, you know, forever in that similar role. I think obviously the workforce has changed over time and more people are looking to move up in their career, right? Or what is the next step? You know, they just don't want to do that one role over and over and over. They're always looking for the next step up. So what does that career pathing look like? 
Um, you know, and even for, you know, producers as well, too, um, you know, looking for someone in the industry to looking someone, you know, outside the industry too, right. Or looking, just open up that talent, talent pool on those people that you are looking for. So I think of it is, you know, when insurance agencies are looking for talent out there, you really have to put yourself or that agency owner has to put themselves in that candidate shoes, not only what their internal staff is doing right now, but essentially telling themselves, okay, why would someone, if you're an account manager, or let's say in a producer role, you know, you're pretty much doing the same thing, maybe a little bit different, but you're doing the same thing from agency to agency. So that agency owner or whoever's in charge of recruiting has to ask themselves, okay, why would this, this person pick up and make a move um, to come join us, right? And you can't say, you know, we have the best customer service. We've been in business for this long and everyone loves us. We have the best, you know, retention rates because guess what? 99% um, or even 100% of your competition is saying the exact same thing to try to get the talent in the door. So, you know, what are things not only about the agency, right? Because I think, you know, everyone thinks their agency is great. They built it. It's hard work that goes into it. Um, but also to, you know, put yourself in the position in their shoes and what are things in that position that's going to track that person that you want, that's going to, you know, eventually join your agency. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. And I, I'm glad you hit on that, uh, you know, best customer service or, or we've got the best people or our culture is great. Um, I, I know Chris has talked about that for years and years on the uh, client side of things when you're out there talking to prospects and how do you differentiate? Um, Chris, what are your thoughts on, on that issue as far as being able to differentiate and what kind of action should, should agencies take to, to do that? And what does a really good differentiation statement look like? So just to echo what Adam just said, maybe not 100%, but like 99.5% of all agencies say, we have great retention, we have a great culture, we have great people. We have great, all of these things. And it's always the same thing. <clears throat> so whether you're recruiting employees or you're recruiting customers, it's in agency owners' best interest <clears throat> to um, sit back and go, number one, are we really that great in these categories? And second, since everyone else is saying them, it doesn't really matter. So how is it that we're really great? How do we really stand out? At the employee level, things that stand out to me um, that I see make a real difference from all the different agencies I visit um, is an agency that offers a career path to staff. Um, not talking about producers, but staff. There, that career path is everything in today's world for younger people coming in to say, you get, come in here at this entry level. And if you do well and meet the criteria, you can move up and move up and move up and move up. That that's just so valuable. And it really distinguishes one agency from another because very few agencies have a career path, even large ones, very large ones can't explain a career path. And if you go to their websites, there's no such career path um, advertised anywhere. So to me, that's one of the biggest uh, out there. I think another one, <clears throat> we do a lot of employee surveys. And one of the things that comes out 
pretty close to 100% of the surveys is we would really like to have more professional development opportunities. And the employees are very serious about it. So whether that is training on IT systems or it's training on um, better speaking abilities or technical training or whatever it is, the, the employees really do want quality training and very few agencies actually offer it. So I think those are on the staffing side too, the things that really stand out to me. All right, well, thank you. And then Adam on that, uh, that career path and the, and the career map mapping, what, is, what does that look like? Um, because some agencies, right, are, are not huge organizations. So if, you, if you're a pretty small outfit, how do you accomplish that? Yeah, um, I think it is. You know, it it kind of goes back into uh, the, you know, the interviewing process and recruiting process that you get into. OK, when you're making up, you know, that job description of what that looks like. OK, hey, how do you in working with a lot of agencies out there myself too, you know, how do you move, for example, you know, someone that you're bringing someone in as a receptionist. Right. But then you're going to get them licensed, you know, into whatever line that they're going to go into um, and then maybe moving that person from you know, a customer service rep role to account manager, to a senior account manager, um, to, you know, client executive, how that looks like. And so I think, you know, the easiest way to have that is to have clear expectations to say, hey, when you're meeting with your internal team and meeting with your internal staff, um, you know, what does your agency look like right now? What's the experience you have on your team? And then when you're hiring someone else in, all right, is there certain milestones or is there certain years, right? Where you say, hey, at this milestone or at this year marker, we're gonna have this conversation. And hey, if you accomplish everything you need to accomplish, these you know, four or five different you know, KPIs, tasks, goals, all right, then that you know, is kind of a trigger for, hey, you get promoted into the next position uh, and having that built out and then just having those expectations. Because if those aren't set, you know, people are gonna come in there um, and employee wise, they're going to say, well, Hey, where's the next step up for me? Or, you know, how can I get more exposure, more, you know, added responsibilities onto that too. Um, and so I know it probably sounds simple and probably sounds like common sense. Um, but I think that is probably the, one of the easiest things that you can do is saying, Hey, meeting with your team, look at the infrastructure you have right now, what roles you have created and what new roles can you create for your team? That's yeah, it's going to push the business forward. It's going to push the needle forward, um, you know, to get more business in, to grow to, you know, a bigger agency. But then if you guys, you know, or if the agency does grow, okay, how does that affect the internal team staff? And do you have either, you know, milestones or mile markers in there to go and say, hey, you know, you've accomplished all this, you know, great. Okay, we're going to put you in this position. And oh, hey, by the way, with this new position, you're going to get, you know, extra compensation, you know, you can work remote one day a week um, or whatever it might be in to give that person extra responsibility and feel like they're actually making an impact in the team that, you know, that they're in and they're keep moving up that way. So um, I think it's really simple, but it's just something that we, you know, Chris and I don't see on, on our end a lot when we're talking with these agencies. Right. Well, one like thing that. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I like to expand a little bit on one thing that Adam just said that I think is so valuable, amongst other things that he said that were valuable, but is setting expectations. And 
one of the things that I'm running across right now is if you're, if you're short, if you can't find employees, you got to make a decision. Am I going to put all my value into finding someone with critical thinking skills and that can actually do more work for the dollar? Or am I going to create a job description that really requires very little critical thinking? And I think the employer has to make that decision very clearly for themselves. Um, because what I'm seeing now, especially with the employee shortages, agency owners need people that have critical thinking skills in order to do more work to fill some of the shortages that they have. But they've historically hired people that didn't have a whole lot of critical thinking skills. And this is exacerbating the problems that we have in the industry. So, and it also makes it, I think, more difficult on the recruiting side. Because on the recruiting side, I'm guessing, Adam, that if the job really does need critical thinking skills, but the employer is like, nah, that's not the wage level or whatever I'm looking for, that mismatch is a problem versus, and it's also a problem in hiring um, people with really high quality critical thinking skills to a position that doesn't seem to need it, the way it's being framed at least. I think that clarity and setting expectations on those specific lines is a pretty important new development in our industry. Is that a fair statement, Adam? Yeah, I would say so. Because um, before, I would say even you know three, four years ago, you know you had a list of requirements. Hey, we need someone that has you know their PNC license. They've been with an agency for three years. They've worked on these size accounts in this niche in this industry and. Yeah, you can still go out there and have your list of requirements out there, but the talent pool that you're going to pick from is very, very small. So let's, hey, it's almost revamping that job description or job posting, what that looks like and say, hey, what are some things we can kind of be leaning on? What, you know, can we get that capable person in, right, that can do all this? But if we have the right, you know, training in place, right development in place, you know, can we bring this person in that has this skill set with a lot of candidates out there? And then from there, with the training development we have in place, you know, can they eventually, you know, do they have the aptitude capability to be put into, let's say, a full-time account manager position, right? So I think that's really the way, if you're looking not only at this scale, but to scale faster, I mean, that you just have to do it in the market that we're in right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, to do all of this, right, takes a lot of uh, time and effort from a from a management standpoint. And I know one of the things that we've we've done um, for that career path piece is not to do a lot of outsourcing and use those uh, more entry level jobs that maybe were outsourced as a as kind of a to develop the bench strength, so to speak gives us a chance to do some of those evaluations to the critical thinking skills, gives, gives us a chance to help develop the people and then start that career path so they can see that there's there's upward movement. Because the one thing, when you look at at least the traditional insurance industry career path I'm used to, it was receptionist, personal line CSR, uh, commercial lines, account manager, and that's it. And, uh, and you know, you got to and nobody wanted to be anywhere, but maybe the commercial lines account manager and they were never very happy. So being able to expand on that and, and, and work through it 
it was it was a change to take leadership and management. How how does somebody go about doing that? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. Um, I think, you know, when you're looking at, let's just say, attracting raw talent, you know, the last resource, um, I'll probably shoot myself in the foot, the last resource you should use is someone like myself. Like, I want to be the last stitch effort is the recruiter. I want the client to, hey, get people in on their own. And the best way to do that, the easiest, simplest way to do that is an employer referral program. Okay, you know, Obviously, the agency owner has a big network, you know, producers have a big network, but hey, when's the last time going back to that service staff, when's the last time you've asked your service staff, hey, who are, you know, four to five people in the industry? It's all a small world at the end of the day. Who do you else know that could be a good fit for the agency, right? And then put some incentives, you know, towards them to attract people in. Um, I think that is probably the lowest hanging fruit out there um, to just attract people and get into the masses. And then also too, um, I see more times than none, sometimes the agency leadership, you know, they'll pass on someone and not even talk with them or not even interview them. Even if they do have industry experience, I think, you know, it always comes into a time balance standpoint or time management, but hey, take that meeting, speak with that person for an hour because you don't know, yeah, they may not be a fit right now, but hey, let's say you're still going to be looking for people next year, the year after that, the year after that. You never know when you're developing that relationship with that person, how much you can develop that bench strength, right? To call that person back. Yeah. Three or five years down the road and say, Hey, you know, I know we weren't looking then, but we had a great conversation. We'd love to have you back in our office and, you know, see if this could be an opportunity that you could be a fit for, right? If, if that's something that you're interested in. So I think when talking about that bench strength or getting people on that bench and looking to scale up, those are some like low hanging fruit, easy, easy ways to, to go about it. Um, and then just having that, you know, mentality change at the top. I think what stress, you know, stresses the most agency owners is that, all right, hey, we're getting, you know, producers are producing, we're getting all this business in, but it, it doesn't matter if you can't service it, right? And so, you know, that's a focal point for someone right there. If they don't understand, you know, that point, well, they're always going to be stuck in that grind of, hey, we keep turnover, you know, CSRs because they're getting too stressed out and their books are too big and it can go somewhere else making more money with, you know, less of a, you know, less of a book of business and less stress. And so, you know, how do you manage that? Um, you know, that should be when, you know, agency owners look at that, that should be a focal point of saying, oh, shoot, we can't even get business in. So let's focus all our efforts, recruiting efforts to the account management team and, you know, focus the time and energy that's supposed to be in that. But yeah, Chris, I don't know what you think about that or your, you know, your thoughts behind it too, just from a leadership yeah, I think perspective. It's, yeah. No, I think it's really a great concept and very few agencies do it. Um, most insurance companies really don't do it. Uh, either way, these networks, you know, it's one of those things right? Um, birds of a feather flock together. <clears throat> so you have a really, really good account manager. Odds are when they go to industry events, they end up talking to other really good account managers at other agencies. And the really lousy ones end up talking to the ones that are really lousy at other agencies. <laughs> so if you focus your attention on the really good ones and, and accept that old axiom that birds of a feather flock together. I think it's a really good way to recruit the right people. And with all the buyouts in the industry today, there's a lot of dissatisfaction out there um, 
when an agency gets sold with the new employers. So I think that if you use Adam's uh, approach, I think there's a lot of opportunity. And, you know, along one of those lines, it's pretty interesting. With all the buyouts, there's not a major decrease in the number of agencies. And um, so of the really good producers that don't want to go with the new owners, they are starting their own agencies. Now, they may wait a year or two or sit out or whatever, but they're, they're starting it up. Um, and it's interesting. They start up a new agency from scratch rather than going to another agency. Um, or it looks like by the numbers, at least more times than not. So, Adam, is there an opportunity here that other agencies are missing and trying to find these people and recruiting them? Yeah, I would say, I mean, the good thing is watching for that, um, you know, M&A activity that is out there because you never know when you're going to catch someone at a bad time or, you know, for example, if you're looking for a very, very experienced producer, you know, let's say, you know, million, two million, you know, book of business um, in revenue, right? Those are sometimes unicorns out there to find too. And I've, I've definitely recruited those people in and it takes months on months on months to get those people in. Um, and so, you know, I think is it's having a strategy saying, okay, if you're just looking for someone in your market, you know, someone that you want to bring in or even another market, okay, easiest way, let's get organized. Let make an Excel spreadsheet. Who are all the top producers that you know their names, they know your name out there, make that list and then figure out, hey, how you can meet with them, schedule coffee, get lunch, you know, take them out to drinks, whatever you have to do. And then constantly every month or however, you know, frequently you want to do it month or every couple of months, have a note saying, Hey, I reached out to this person and have other people inside your agency, whether maybe other producers or other account managers saying, Hey, we're really trying to recruit this person in. It's really a focal point because if we do, all right, this is going to grow our agency. And it's not only going to you know, benefit this person coming in, it's going to benefit us as a whole. It's going to benefit your career and help that career bathing you know, move up. So I think it is just putting a more intentional look on recruiting, simple as, hey, get that Excel spreadsheet and just start. Who are those top key players that you, you know them out there? They know you, you want them on the team and just start making a plan of saying, hey, I'm going to at least call this person. I'm going to shoot them a LinkedIn invite. Um, I'm going to invite them to this event. And the more exposure, the more things that you have and more of the ways you talk, you know, hey, as soon as they have a bad day, because sometimes all it takes, they'll be the first one they, you know, they'll be the first one they call and say, hey, what, what do you guys have to offer again? Or how do you guys operate? Um, I think, you know, that's probably the easiest go-to way that someone could get right off the ground and, and start running with it. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, uh, Adam, thank you so much for your time today. And if people want to get a hold of you to for some help with those with those efforts, how 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 do they do that? Yes, please. We are busy and looking for more clients. Um, so they can reach me. Uh, my cell phone, I'll put it out there. It's 269-757-1125. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, and then my email, um, I'll make sure to spread it out, but it's adam.klug at srgexpress.com. Um, and yeah, love to help out with any recruiting, hiring needs that people have out there. Thank you so much. And Chris, any, any last words or thoughts from you? You know, I think one of the last things Adam says 
maybe the most important thing he said, and that is having an having an intentional <laughs> approach to recruiting. Intentional, and um, that is such valuable advice. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you to uh, Chris, and thank you, Adam, and thank you to everyone for taking the time to listen. And we will talk to you next time.